Welcome to the ATG Podcast with Chelsea, Brandy, Tanya, Keisha, and you. Today we're talking about adoption. So pull up a chair and join us as we reframe life one conversation at a time. Hello, ladies. Hey. Hello. So my heart is happy because I am sitting at a table with all four of these ladies, one of us by video. That's right. But the other three actually in person. And I am so excited to be here with y'all. You know why? 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 Because when I'm at a table with y'all, I feel safe. I feel secure, which is abnormal than most other aspects of my life. And I'm going to ask y'all this question today. Do any of you, or is it just me? Do any of you, or does any listener out there just feel awkward on a regular basis? Every day. (laughs) All the time. I feel like everyone else has it so together, especially if I'm in a social setting or around people that I don't know as well. I just feel like I can't quite say the right thing or do the right thing, or I drop something at the wrong time or you know, I've, I've just, yeah, last night we were at dinner and I was eating pasta and I dropped grease on my pants and I was like, I was trying to rub it out. I was trying to put my napkin in my water glass and rub it out while nobody's looking and it just made it worse. And I thought, this is so me. You did a it's good job. I never that. noticed. I didn't notice either. It's just like it. I just can't quite get it together to just feel like I really fit and mm. I really belong. Shoot. Do y'all ever have a story where you felt that way? I have a story. <laughs> Y'all have actually never heard this story, any of y'all. I don't think I've ever told this story. I think only one other person knows this story. So I went to church camp during eighth grade. (laughs) Okay. I can't remember if it was somewhere between seventh and eighth or eighth and ninth. And I went with my friend, Jennifer Watkins. Shout out, Jennifer Watkins. Gosh, I love you so much. Hey, Jennifer Watkins. Hey, Jennifer. And it was in Conway, and it was at a college in Conway, Arkansas, and they put us up in dorms, and Jennifer and I were rooming together, and we happened to have a room right over the main awning on the second floor to the doorway that goes in and out of the first floor. So we went up there, but they had camp t-shirts for us, and they told us that, you know, go on up, get everything situated, go change. But the guy said that was telling us this, he was like, but make sure you're cognizant about, you know, windows and blinds and stuff like that. (laughs) So we go up there to change and this oblivious seven, I unpack all my stuff and I take my clothes off. And after I take my clothes off, then I'm like, oh, shoot. So I kind of like go into the bathroom and I put my camp shirt on. Well, there's a knock at the door. Jennifer answers the door and it's one of the counselors and he's like, there's a naked count. There's a naked camper in the window. Do you guys know who it is? We're like, no, Mm-mm. but we'll tell her. We sure will. And anyway, he left, and we both were like, oh my! That was the first day of camp. And so Jennifer, we made a pact. I was like, Jennifer, you can't tell anyone until you, like, you got to go take this to your grave. And she was like, I will do it. And she did. Oh, Jennifer. To my knowledge, you never told anybody, Jennifer. Mm, We need the full, we need to know. I was basically naked at a Christian camp. I told y'all, I didn't grow up in church, guys. Like, I don't know these rules. Well, they did tell you the rules. Apparently, that's just the life (laughs) 
they did mention be alert. That's right. They did tell you the rules, which does segue kind of into what we're talking about today. As um, it wasn't even said that we're talking about adoption today on our podcast. And honestly, the way it came up was really, I like just use the word organic in that I was doing some Bible reading just on my own one morning and I was reading in Ephesians, I think chapter one, and just the whole idea of adoption, receiving the spirit of adoption, and we'll get into it a little bit more. And it struck me a little bit differently than it normally does. And I just started wondering, and you'll hear me say this, you know, a few times here on this episode, most likely, I just really started pondering and wondering what it would be like to really be adopted by someone into an actual family. And I just was just thinking on it. And then I sent a Marco. I know Marco Polo is one of our uh, previous here to theirs, but we use it to stay connected to one another on a daily basis for the most part. And um, I just started sharing what, what some of my thoughts were on it. Didn't know that Tanya was also reading the exact same passage on the exact same day. Yeah, and then Keisha chimed in. And then she's, Keisha chimed in on it, and then chill, and it just generated this whole idea of adoption through different lenses and perspectives. And we were like, "This is going to be a great." We podcast. all brought something different. It yeah. was so good, and so that's the reason and how we came about it. And you know, that's what it looks like to be in genuine community with one another and really growing in your faith. You don't have to sit at a literal table every single week. You can reach out and share through very various social media platforms and and really use it use those platforms to glorify God. So yeah. Anyways, where do we want to start? Well I want to start, if it's okay, yeah. just to lay the foundation for this particular study and how this came to be is reading these verses in Ephesians chapter one, just three through six, which says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I mean, you think about that. Let that sink in mm. every spiritual blessing. Verse four, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, in love, not an obligation, mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship mm. through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. It wow. was his delight. He yeah. did it out of his delight to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. I just wanted to read those verses to kind of lay the foundation. And we're going to dig into those a little later in the study. But we have some people sitting at the table with us today who have some really personal experiences with adoption. And if you look at that definition of adoption, adoption is taking on the full responsibility mm -hmm. of another in a legal sense mm -hmm. In a provisional sense, you are taking on the full task of raising up another person who isn't biologically mm -hmm. related to you. And we have some people at this table who have some really personal experience with that, that um, I don't know which of you want to go first, but wanting you to share just to add some skin to sure. what that looks like. Keisha, you want to go first? Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so as we've mentioned before, my son, AJ, uh, who is six years old, we adopted when he was three. So fostered, we uh, started fostering him when he was two, fostered for a year and then adopted when he was three. And when we began this, you know, Marco Polo discussion of adoption, the first thing that popped in my mind um, that I sent to these guys was when we adopted AJ, he got a new birth certificate. And to mm -hmm. me, that was just like 
that final stamp on things of like, not only did he get a birth new birth certificate, it now had us listed as his parents and he had a new name. Yeah. And we, a new name, (laughs) a name that we, his parents got to choose for him. Wow. Um, And so it just, you know, and for those of you who don't know, his Abel Josiah is his name. And uh, Abel means breath and Josiah uh, means Jehovah has healed. And we, you know, picked those exact words because of his story. And I'm not going to get into all of that right now. But um, so when Brandy began that discussion, I just thought, man, isn't that exactly what God does for us? And like, I mean, there's not a better picture. Like we all need to put, I think, a birth certificate on our wall that has God listed as our father so that we could just stare at it every single day because it never gets old. Yeah. That's so powerful. Just literally the changing of the name and it's a new identity. It's an absolutely new identity. I know for me, when I was thinking about this scripture and how it came up, as my wondering and pondering, it was more or less on the, what would it be like to be the person adopted? You're in this new place. You're in this new home and this new family. What are the rules? What happens when I mess up? What is my role (laughs) in all of this? Everything is new. What do I do with this? And then I started thinking about when I really, really came to Christ and I was raised in church, but like that first, like, (gasps) this is real okay, now what do I do with this? This feels new. This feels different. This is exciting. Do I fit in? This feels a little bit awkward sometimes. Mm -hmm. And just going through that process as a child who may be adopted and really learning and being able to grow and give yourself grace and receiving grace in that process looks a lot like sanctification. You know, it's like, hey, you're not going to get it right. You're not. And, but I'm going to be here and I'm going to keep teaching you and I'm going to keep training you just like the Lord does that with us. I, you know, I think about uh, my son, Tyler, uh, he's my stepson. And I don't know. So we got him full time when he was 12 years old, but uh, prior to that, we got him every summer, but then every other holiday. And I remember for the first two or three weeks, there was a major transition for him that he, we, we kind of kept him inside a lot. We didn't go out a lot around people because we had to reestablish the rules and the expectations yeah. and stuff in the home because it was completely different from where, where his, what his house was like, his rules at his mom's house was like. And so it was really an interesting thing to watch and then to relate to faith and being adopted. So I don't know. It was, it was really, that's where my mind kind of wandered to and what that whole process of coming into being adopted would even look like. And Brandy, to me, it's funny because you thought about it from that perspective. And I went straight to the perspective of the parent and the, oh man, I hope he likes this place. I hope he likes the things that we have for him. Gosh, I hope he knows how much we love him. I hope he knows that this was not just a flippant decision that I went all in for him. Like I want him to know Mm. what a gift he is to me. Dang. That's so good, Keisha. And Keisha, so something I love that you said about um, his his birth certificate being stamped is because in Ephesians, when it goes on in these verses, we have been marked. We have mm-hmm. been stamped. It says, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. And I love that your initial reaction 
was you wanted his inheritance to be established. You wanted to, yeah. for him to love where he was. And I want you to, to speak to the immediacy of your love for this gift that you've been given. Because yeah, it, yeah. this is not a biological child, just like we right. are not into God's family. So yes. speak to that a little bit about your emotion and your feeling and your generosity that you wanted to immediately extend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I had a huge fear about this before we adopted him. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really a, I don't know how this works. I don't know a lot of people who have adopted children. Do you love a child that you didn't birth? Like, does that just happen? I mean, I remember praying before saying, God, will you give me love for this child? I mean, I, every, you've lined every step up. So will you just make sure that I I have that love? I want to make sure that we can share that with him. And, um, I, I think it's, kind of twofold in that he did absolutely just give us love for a child that I cannot explain. I mean, there's no way to explain it because I knew nothing about this kid. And all of a sudden I see him and I just have this instant, like, Oh my goodness, I think that's supposed to be my son feeling. And then on the other hand, as I grew to know him and as we grew to know each other, I began to love him even more. So that as that relationship developed, as I began to see that he needed me, he relied on me, I wanted to just love him more and give him even more. And so it was something that, yes, kind of came in his, in an instant. Thankfully, the Lord did most definitely answer those prayers, but it also developed over time and continues to develop over time um, as he learns more about me. And as I learn more about him, that relationship grows and that love grows in that as well. And, and I want to say Brandy and Chelsea have spent way more time around AJ than I, but from, you know, sometimes when you're an outsider stepping into a space that you're not in on the common, I think sometimes you make observances that maybe you fail to, to see when you're with someone more commonly, but this little boy is thriving and he, oh, yeah. he is deeply loved. He knows that he is deeply loved. Keisha is, and Landon are just such mm-hmm. great giving parents and you can just tell he is their delight and he is thriving in that. And I, that's such a vivid picture to me of God's delight in us and his pleasure. You know, he, he calls us friends and he calls us sons and daughters and he didn't have to do that. I mean, he's completely self-sufficient. He he's all existent. He didn't need us, but he chose us. Yeah. And so I love, I love that aspect of God's heart is that it was his good pleasure. And you said it, you said, you know, I wanted, like, we were going all in. I want AJ to know we were going all in. And it's just like, you know, God created us. We already belong to him. Mm -hmm. But then yet again, he went back and bought us back. He went all in again, like with everything, with lost it all, all. And, you know, one thing I want to add to that too is, because for some reason our brains don't get this, but AJ does. AJ knows that we love him. He and mm-hmm. he knows that if he messes up, we still love him. Right. He doesn't have to. We expect him to mess up. I don't expect him to be perfect. I expect that I'm going to grow. We're going to grow together. He's going to learn. But yet, we oftentimes, Tanya, you and I, probably worse than others because of our lovely inner critic that likes to speak at all times. Um, but it's like, why? Why don't we treat our relationship? with the father the same way. Like it's, mm-hmm. he knows we're going to mess up. Just run right back to him again. It's okay. The other thing that is wonderful is AJ not only 
got a whole new family. He got a whole new community because of who his mother and father are, Mm -hmm. because of the love that they umbrella to their communities. When AJ came in as your son, he already had a Mindy Boone in place. Mm -hmm. I mean, AJ is a permanent fixture in our house forever and ever. He is a brother to my daughter and my two sons, and he will always have that. They will always be that way. I pray that for them Mm -hmm. and for him. He got, my family goes to church every Sunday and they don't do it out of duty. They do it because they long to worship the father with their community and their friends. And that's something that he gets to experience every single day. That's his norm. Mm -hmm. That's his normal is stability and love and cherish. And at the right time, discipline. Mm-hmm. And those are all the things that the father gives us on a daily basis. That's the manna. Yeah. yeah. You give him the manna every day, Keisha. And it is a delight to see. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank yeah. you. A lot of discipline. A lot of discipline <laughs> some days. <laughs> all right. So let's break that down a little bit. Because to your point, when we come into the family of God, we instantly have inherent rights mm-hmm. for being heirs in Christ. As Chelsea said, we come in to community. If you look at those verses in Ephesians 1, uh, 3 through 14, it says that we were chosen. It says that in love, he predestined us for adoption. It says that we have redemption. It says that he has made known to us the mystery of his will. Mm. And wrap your brain around this. You were, were predestined for good works. You are are created to serve the purposes of God in your generation, you specifically in unique ways that we have been included and that we have been marked with the Holy Spirit. So something that has been my prayer for 2024, which I think goes along with this episode, is seeing in Christian community the gap closed between our theology and between our reality. Because we can know these things but are we really living right. in the fullness of our identity? If, if I'm completely transparent, so many times I have settled for less mm-hmm. or believed less for myself. I may believe it for you, but believing it for myself because I know what I'm capable of. Like Keisha said, we know we're going to mess up. In a bad right? way. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. I know yeah. what I'm capable of in a bad way. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, I, I know where I can go and... In dark ways, in, in mess up ways. And so the gap between what I know and what I live can be very different. So how do we see that gap closed? Because I truly believe if we fully knew who we were in Christ, we would live very differently. And a great example of that was David and Goliath. Mm. You know, the Israelite army that they were given all these promises from God. Yet when they came to the valley up against this huge giant, they went to self-preservation and manipulation because they, they didn't know how to deal with that. But then in comes David, right? He wasn't even called to the scene with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Probably everyone thought he was delusional, yeah. but he was the only one who got it. He had understood who he was and whose he was. Right. He was anointed. He had already been anointed by that time. And he was the overcomer. He was the victor simply because he knew his identity. 
for no other mm-hmm. reason. It wasn't that he had the talent. It wasn't right. that he had more strength or more skill yeah. or more knowledge. He knew his identity, which is yeah. why I think this topic is so yes. important because we just don't realize the fullness of our identity and we live in a scarcity mentality mm. because of it. And I've done it so many times yeah. where you go to self-preservation and you react and respond out of fear and out of manipulation and feeling like you just have to scratch and claw to get everything mm. because you don't realize mm. whose you are. Yeah. You don't realize you're a billionaire. Yes. Yes. You live like a pauper. Yeah. How many times <laughs> have I settled for the scraps when I was made for the Come on. Yeah. How many yeah. times have yeah. I done that? Yeah. So how do we see that gap close? That's good. What's the, what's, what changes? Chess, I want you to speak to that a little bit on the sonship side of things. And this was something that you shared in the Marco that really answers that question and really puts some some skin in the game and really some depth into what it means to be called a son and and really stepping into that and what that looks like for everyone, not just for males. This has been a lifelong and continues to be a lifelong tug of war in my heart. Um, I have struggled for a long time with who God says, I am a woman who I truly am as being made female. And I've come to understand that 90, 99% of that struggle is because of what not the Lord has said who I am as a woman, but who other human beings have Mm -hmm. said as me being a woman and what, what that translates into about what is okay for us and who it's okay for us to be in the church, in the workplace, at home. And gosh, I know y'all are hearing me out there. I know there are some of y'all out there that struggle with this. And I would say this group, maybe not to the extent that I do, has wrestled yeah, with sure. that. No doubt. And the beauty of it is, is the more I understand the character of God and who God is as a father, the more I realize the value of what it means to be a woman. Not that I didn't value it, Mm. but that I was constantly comparing myself with what do I get when I get, when I feel like my brothers get everything. Oh, come on. Yeah. When my, when our brothers have all the freedom, freedom, our brothers in Christ. Uh And so when Brandy on that Marco asked about adoption and how we felt about that, I went to Galatians and I went to a specific Tim Keller's sermon that is on Luke 15 um, and it's called to be called your son. And it's a story about the prodigal son and about sonship and also about what Paul says sonship is in Galatians. And when we talk about righteousness, Galatians 3.11 says the righteous will live by faith. Well, Mm -hmm. what is righteousness? Is our righteousness, does that mean that we're perfect? No, it means that we're in the right relationship with the father. That's right. And the right relationship is when you are a child of the father, Mm -hmm. because I know in my family, when it comes down to my two boys and my daughter, there is literally nothing they can do to make them stop being my son or my daughter. I don't care how egregious it is. I don't care if they run away. I I don't care. Even, even in death, nothing can separate that. 
And so when we come to the Lord through Jesus, we become righteous, which means we become his child. But listen, ladies, when Paul says in Galatians 3.11 that the righteous will live by faith, keep going down because it's going to get to Galatians 3.28. And that's when he gets to the part that says there is no Jew or Gentile. There is no slave. There is no male or female, but we are all one in Christ Jesus. And that's what Paul is getting at. Mm -hmm. Paul gets a bad rap about women in some circles. I love Paul. Paul said all the hard things, Mm -hmm. but he always circles back around. He's like an episode of Seinfeld. He always circles back around. (laughs) And so if we look at that and we say the sons, we are heirs, we are sons, that means us, ladies. And at that time, that was radical for Paul to say that because he was talking to the women at that time. And they said, guess what? When God sees you, he sees his son. And that doesn't mean he sees somebody that's male. Right. That means he sees you as an heir. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That means you get everything. Everything. You get every promise. Mm. But you know what the promise is? And Tanya just said it in Ephesians. And I never recognized he said it in Ephesians. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is everything. And that's why Jesus doesn't promise prosperity. Right. He promises, I'm going to send you me in spirit form. Mm. I'm the treasure. Yeah. I'm the gift. And guess what, ladies? You in the church, you get it too. Yeah, that's right. Please <laughs> don't get it and you're left out. That's right. You get it all. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Full. And how often do I live in that space? Yes. Uh-huh. When I compare myself to my brother, I'm not in that space. I'm living like a beggar. Come on. Yeah. But when sure. I look past that and I actually focus on Jesus and what he's promised as sonship to Chelsea, then I'm not comparing myself mm-hmm. to my brother anymore. And guess what? That restores my relationship with That's my right. brother. Because right. then I'm not yeah. clawing what for what I think I deserve. Right. Because I deserve nothing. Yeah. And yet he says, oh, daughter, oh, daughter, I will crown you. Mm -hmm. I will anoint you. And the way that I do it lives inside you right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Access that power. Access that love. Access that identity. And it will change you and it will change the world around you. That's right. That's right. Man, that's beautiful. And I, uh, one thing that our goal for this podcast is always that we leave truth that makes your life better. Yeah. That helps you win the day because the promise of the Holy spirit, these aren't things that our inheritance that is to come. It is our inheritance that is now (laughs) now. the moment we believe. I love that Chelsea said that carnal comparison leaves her in a place that's less. I was trying to think because first is awareness. It is, is self-awareness of if I'm walking in my identity or not. And so I'm going to just tell you some ways personally, when I know I'm not walking in fullness of my identity, I want y'all to add your own. Comparison was one for me too. Negative Mm self-talk when I'm constantly demeaning Mm -hmm. internally, you know, in ways that I may not even realize. Um, And you would never talk to anybody else like that. No, right? Of course. That's so true. The things I say to myself, I would never say say to to anybody else. else. Low self-esteem. Seasons of my life when I have allowed relationships that didn't point me toward God, but actually took me away from God. 
mm-hmm. because I was seeking that belonging and that inclusion. Um, responding and reacting to life out of fear, not faith. That definitely has been a big one for me. When I overreact, when I'm hypersensitive, when I'm defensive, I'm coming from that place of not feeling that security of my inheritance. What about y'all? Any to add to that? Places that you go when you're not walking in your your identity. I think it steals my boldness. Mm. When I'm not walking in my identity in Christ, I've Sometimes we'll leave things unsaid or I will, quote unquote, leave it up to God. But there is a space that God wants me to step into. And I don't mean saying something to beat someone over the head. I mean, actually utilizing the power of truth, the power of love and the power of grace together in a conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I tend to shrink back. Mm -hmm. I think similar to that for me, there's been this idea that I'll, I'll identify a problem in a situation. Oftentimes it's maybe something that I'm I'm kind of concerned about in a church setting or I see something in faith that I'm like, gosh, somebody needs to do something about that. And then it's like, <laughs> who is it? <laughs> exactly. And then the Lord says, it's it's like, it's you. Why not you? Why not me? You know, but it's it's the whole idea. I don't know that I'm really good enough for that. Surely you have somebody that's better than me in this area. Surely not me. And so, yeah, (laughs) mentality. Yes. I mean, really, (laughs) surely it's not me because I know what I bring and it's not that good. I mean, really and truly. So that's one thing I would add. What about you, Keish? Well, I, I was just thinking, you know, as far as our identity in Christ, we are going to establish an identity based upon something. So. Mm -hmm. I'm either going to take in all the messages that I hear around me and listen to those to build who I think I am, or I can go straight to the source to tell me who I am. It's the same way with AJ, right? If he's at school and his friends are picking on him or telling him he's this or that, but then he comes home and mom is saying, I'm so proud of you. I love you so much. You are such a smart, sweet boy. Mm -hmm. He's going to listen to that voice that he hears over and over because it's going to keep repeating. And so it's the same for us. If we can tell ourselves what we know to be true consistently over and over, then we'll believe that and we'll walk in it. But my problem is I often will listen to outside voices or I'll take in the noise that I hear from social media or wherever it may be Yeah, and let that create my own narrative instead. Mm -hmm. Good point. Great point. So I want to leave today with a call to action with some practical ways to make sure that we are understanding of our identity in Christ. And I think we would all agree. We can't know who we are if we don't first know who our father is. If we don't first know who God is. So how, how do we do that? How do we stay connected to the identity giver on a daily basis to make sure that when those negative voices arrive within, when those negative voices arrive from without, how do we combat the truth? I mean, the Bible says in the beginning was the word mm-hmm. and the yes. word was God. The word is God. And so we have to know the word because the word is, yep. is him. So we, we can't get to know someone if we don't know them. Right. <laughs> so it's got, we've got to know the word. If the word is living and breathing, it is, is God. Then we have to know the word. So yep. That's one practical way. That's right. Because it requires daily priority and intentionality. Mm -hmm. It's a relationship like any other that will not develop Mm -hmm. without the time spent. That's Mm -hmm. right. 
Mm-hmm. I want to take that one step further and say meditation on the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hear you say that verse and I could memorize that verse, but do I really take it into my uh-huh. heart? Right. Right. Do I really bring the verse home? Mm-hmm. That's why I think the prodigal son is probably the greatest parable that Jesus mm-hmm. ever told. I mean, every parable is great that Jesus told, but I think it's an access parable for so many yeah. of us because so many of us identify as the yeah. prodigal and we should sure because we're all the prodigal. Right. But then I like to take it a step further and I'm going to give a shout out to my buddy, Sadie, because Shady, 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 Shady. Sadie. <laughs> my friend Sadie is teaching a group of women on how to read the Bible on their own. Gosh, mm-hmm. we need that. Yeah, we do. We need yeah, that. We how, to, how to do it on our own two legs. Right. That doesn't mean without help from outside sources, but how to really dig in. And so I always think when I read something, I think, where's Jesus in this? Mm-hmm. And so when I read the parable of the prodigal son, you know, he's not the prodigal and he's actually not the, the older brother. He's, he's actually the older brother that stays mm-hmm. and that welcomes back. Mm-hmm. And so often we all see ourselves as the prodigal, but there are times in my life, I'm actually the older brother too. Sure. I'm cynical. Oh yeah. And and I don't want to give grace That's and right. I don't want to give forgiveness, mm-hmm. but Jesus is always there. Right. He always says, there he is on the hill. Go to him, father. Yeah. yeah. I can't wait That's to bring good. him in. That's a good perspective. We all yeah. come to those daily choices, but especially in the big places mm-hmm. when remembering is essential. We need to know who we are. Yeah. Just like when David came upon Goliath and how you see yourself, your identity in Christ is going to determine how big you dream. Yeah. How bold you are. Yeah. It's going to determine the depths of your conversations and the choices that you make. Your identity and knowing who you are in Christ will completely, completely change the surface of your life and the depth of your life. Uh, on a practical level for me, I just want to just to give a shout out to some resources for me that have just been very instrumental. And that would be Paul David Tripp, John Bevere. We've talked about uh, the Awe of God book, John Mark Comer. These men have excellent resources that have just really helped shape my understanding of scripture. Tim Keller, as Chelsea says, he's magic and he is um, Bible recap, Tara Lee Cobble. We've talked about that many times. Who else, ladies? Yeah. I know there's been many resources that have been instrumental for the us. Becoming Something podcast. Yes. Jenny Allen, yes. Jamie Ivey, um, gosh, Nicole Smithy, mm-hmm. Andy Andrew. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And even to break, make it even more practical, even in your friend groups, there's times where we share our struggles and stuff with each other and we're like, you know, we'll say an insecurity or something. And then someone else will pipe up and be like, no, that's not you. That's not true. You're like, you're right. It's like, it just breathe. It just breathes this truth in. And and, and for a moment, it may not be all of your identity is right, but for a moment, I think that's where the enemy works. Just for a moment, you forget who you are. You leave that door open just to crack. Just a little bit. And so that speaks to just the practicality of, of taking the time to develop friendships and community of people who actually know you yes. 
know the direction that you're going in and your desire for the Lord and remind you of who you are, not who you feel like you are or who, who you're acting like in the moment, but truly who God has designed you and created you to be and really hold you to that standard. It's so vital to our spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. There's actually just a uh, really quick, when Jenny Allen in her podcast with uh, Jonathan Paclita was talking about her book, Untangle Your Emotions. And she talked about just when we go through hard things that they've studied that and that when you allow somebody to go through something hard with you, how that actually provides healing for you. Mm-hmm. Like physically, it provides healing. And they have studied this over and over. And it just goes to show how important it is that we let people in Try. on those struggles. Because it's easy for me to think, oh, I'll just keep this to myself. My inner critic and I will hash this out instead yeah. of welcome them in. As yeah. Kurt Thompson would say. Oh, so true. That's very real. Okay. So as we, kind of, here to there. as we kind of wrap up um, this episode, we really want you to take the time with it. And like, just like with every episode and consider, you know, what are some maybe lies about your identity and who you've been created to be? Um, that you're believing and how are you going to combat that? And so one thing that we have recently stumbled across that's been really neat to learn and grow um, that does kind of speak to identity. It may not necessarily be something that's um, it's just a tool and it's called a uh, working genius. So this is going to be our here to there is working genius. And really it just spells out this um, sort of widget and it's basically the different roles that, that each personality type, if you will, plays in um, the process of getting something done from start from the idea to the completed process and really playing into strengths and weaknesses. And we've talked about the Enneagram before on our podcast, but uh, which it's a little bit different in that. But self-exploration is good because it really can help us discover how God did create us with certain gifts and even with strengths and then surrounding ourselves with other people who can uh, really play into some of the, sh- the, the weaknesses that we have to help us to make us better. And so it's called working genius. Actually, my husband got certified to teach and train it. And I think we're going to have him on the podcast yeah. here soon to really, uh, kind of unpack it and give us a little bit more information. And we encourage you to lean in and possibly even uh, look into it yourself and gain some more understanding of how God created you and how intricately designed you are and how much purpose you actually have. I can't wait. It's so good. It's It's fun. All right. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? CC Reyes. This is CC Reyes salad. It's super, super easy. (laughs) Throw together just whatever you like in your salad. So we watched her make this this past weekend. We had lettuce, we had English cucumbers, and we had tomatoes. And she says the trick is after you prepare the dry ingredients, your dry salad, you put a packet of Italian dressing on. You toss it and then you use whichever dressing you would like of your choice. I use Caesar dressing, but she is not wrong. It just gives it that little it extra was, pop of salt. Yeah. No way. And you put Italian dressing on it and then whatever dressing. Just a packet of pack Italian dressing Dry. seasoning. Oh, seasoning. Yes. Okay. Okay. So a packet yes. of Italian seasoning. Yes. And then you toss, toss it. It clings to the leaves. Yeah. And then you put your regular dressing on it. Whatever dressing. Adds yeah. a little okay. extra something. It's so much it more flavorful. Really good. Mm-hmm. She stole it from yeah. someone, but I can't remember who she yeah. stole it from. We'll call it hers. But it's a game changer for It was good. Thank you, Cece. Yes, Cece. Okay.
So that concludes uh, today's episode. Thank you for pulling up to our table. We hope that you learned something. And most importantly, that you really lean into the Holy Spirit. Remember, it is God who's the reframer of our lives, making all things new because we ain't that good. Don't be the naked girl in the window. Let Christ float you. Hey. <laughs> Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Amen. Bye, you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye.